ballet. Ballet is like dancing, but you don't do it yourself. Someone else does it, which is the main difference between ballet and the hokey-cokey. There are some other dances which are just watched rather than done yourself, like river dance, but ballet is different because you not only don't do it, you don't watch it either. Nobody does, except a few really posh people, and they might be lying. I don't think even the Queen really watches ballet, because she gets worn out watching dancing all day for work. Every time she visits a country, they do a dance she has to sit through with a face like a bulldog watching ballet. So the last thing she wants to do is watch dances in her spare time. I don't blame her. The women in ballet have their hair up in really tight scrunchies and the men wear tight leggings so you can see their cobblers, which I think must explain a lot of the appeal. It's always nice to see a lot of cobblers in a row, although because ballet is dead posh, the men dancers don't come on dressed as firemen put on a bit of Tom Jones, strip their leggings off and throw them at hen parties. It's a lot more boring than that. Even though nobody likes ballet, it still exists, like Yellow Quality Streets and the Antiques Roadshow. It's paid for, not by people wanting to see it, but from money raised by scratch cards, so that ballerinas don't die out, like the Snow Leopard nearly did, just because nobody wanted to see it. Often ballets are about endangered creatures, like swans, so maybe they could do one about snow leopards and poor people could save the planet through scratch cards. Battle of Hastings, the The most famous battle in British history, apart from the Battle of Britain, which the town of Battle near Hastings is named after, is the Battle of Hastings. The year is 1066. It isn't anymore, but you have to pretend it is to tell the story, apparently. Britain is invaded by William of Normandy and his huge army, bringing their French cuisine and their Norman wisdom. William thinks he should be King of England, even though he's French, and King Harold of England thinks William should be dead, even though he's alive. The two sides just can't agree, so they agree to fight it out in a miniature war called a battle. On Saturday 14th of October, they meet in a field and start smashing each other to bits. The English are the home side, with all the advantages that brings. But it soon becomes clear the French are much better at war. They've got better weapons, and these sort of giant dog monsters called horses. You can still visit the field where the battle happened today, although these days it's just a field. You can't visit the battle because it's stopped now, because the year isn't 1066, as I explained earlier. Though I'd completely understand if you were confused, because... I did say it was 1066, I'm with you there. I wish I hadn't done it now. I'll have to look at a calendar now, or I'll keep thinking it's 1066, and I'll go to all my 1066 appointments rather than the ones I've actually got today. Bloody hell, it's a minefield. Not the one where the Battle of Hastings happened, that wasn't a minefield. Or it'd have been over quicker. But anyway, back in 1066, not now, Harold stages a comeback and is the first to win when he triumphantly catches an arrow in his eye. The kind of fuck-you-show-off act of soldiering that really rallies an army behind someone. Sadly, it isn't enough, and he dies soon after. No one knows why. The next person to win is William. At last, his nickname William the Conqueror makes sense, and William celebrates his victory by changing everything into French, like you can do on Google these days without battle-axing anyone to death and that's progress. 
He renames all the meat after French. Cow becomes beef, boof. Sheep becomes mutton, mouton. And hen becomes chicken, chicken. He introduces lots of new French ideas like blouses, wealth and moustaches. He bongs up lots of French churches and cathedrals that stand to this day. Amazingly, all built by just one man, a genius called Norman Architecture. In just a few decades, England has become a sort of giant exchange trip, except without the 14 hours on a coach eating nothing but skips and the clumsy kiss with some oniony boy called Philippe because your best mate got Didier, the good-looking one. 